historic over a long period of time it's changed obviously but I mean during the during uh, during the period of, of the imperial uh, you know in the, in the in that 1600s there was a Spanish policy of not ordaining natives they had a different policy yeah yeah and uh, uh, and so there was some conflict then with uh, with some of the local uh, clergy uh, you know local bishops uh, who were always you know Coming along with the from the imperial uh, uh, powers, it was my understanding of it. Yes, Lucas. Uh, Deacon, do you know of any uh, anyone who apostatized and came back to become martyrs? You know, I, I don't. Um, I know that that uh, uh, Endel probably in a lot of his novels. I mean, there are there are people who keep there's, there's a recurring character that Endel, this Japanese Catholic novelist, uh, when he writes a lot about this this persecution, this period in time, um, he and the way Endel writes, he'll he'll get an idea for a character and he'll write a short story. And he'll basically, it's a character sketch. And then he'll write that character, and he'll write that character again, and he'll write that character again with a different name. And he'll write that character again in another story with a different name. And then ultimately, then he'll write a novel. And in one of his most famous novels, uh, for, for, uh, uh, it, and it was recently turned into a movie, uh, Silence, um, that uh, uh, Martin Scorsese uh, directed, um, the, uh, uh, there's a character called Kichijiro, who is the one who sells the priest to the authority. And then there's a scene in the novel where he comes back to the priest who's already broken and, uh, and apostatized and asks for him to hear his confession. You know, and the priest is thinking, I'm not a priest. Well, I guess I am. I'm the only priest in Japan, and so he, he absolves him. Uh, so I, I, no doubt there were people who did that sort of thing. Uh, I don't, I'm not aware of any that actually suffered martyrdom coming back from, from having stepped on the Fumie. Uh, there is some rumor that Ferrara died a Christian. Uh, I don't haven't heard any real proof of that. Uh, he had a Zen Buddhist burial. Yes. The, the Fumia trial, was it targeted at, at suspected Christians only, or would there be like this, okay, everybody in town come out and prove your loyalty by, by walking on the images? It was directed at suspected Christians, but keep in mind we have a feudal society. So if your lord was a Christian, you were too, chances are. So it would be whole villages that would be brought out. But, but they were brought out because they were suspected. As, as a village of being Christian. Yes? You mentioned that Japan is very secularized now. Can you speak a little bit how about, or like how Christianity fits in with Okay. Question about uh, Christianity sitting in, in, in Japan, very secular uh, Japan. Japan, again, a very secular country. Um, about 1% of the population are Christian of some stripe or other. Roughly half of those are Catholic, and roughly half are, are, are various Protestant uh, groups. Um, 
churches are really tiny. The Catholic churches are bigger, but they tend uh, to be catering to a lot of expats. You know, a lot of there are a lot of uh, guest workers from the Philippines and so forth. Um, Japanese, but they have a, uh, you know a fully established hierarchy. Uh, several uh, uh, archdioceses: the Archdiocese of Tokyo, the Archdiocese of Osaka, the Archdiocese of of uh, um, of Nagasaki, certainly. Uh, they don't have any cardinals right now, but but I know that when Benedict XVI, with the conclave that elected him, there were two voting cardinals from Japan, which is a remarkably huge uh, percentage of 120 cardinals when you've got you know half of a percent of a population. Um, and, uh, and, and so uh, the, the Catholic Church in Japan has kind of an outsized importance considering how few Catholics there are. Um, uh, there are a lot of universities and hospitals that have a Catholic origin. Um, in Tokyo, there's Joichi Daigaku, which is a Jesuit uh, university that I almost went to. Um, and uh, that's a different story. Uh, it's because I didn't have six hundred dollars. I didn't go there. Um, and uh, uh, and uh, um, uh, the former prime minister, who's actually now the current uh, deputy prime minister, because Japanese politics is just very incestuous, um, uh, Aso Taro, uh, is a Catholic. And his sister, who is married to Prince Takamado, uh, so there's a Catholic married into the imperial family. Uh, the current uh, the current empress was educated in Catholic schools, although she was never baptized. Uh, so I mean, there's there's an outsized uh, importance representation of Catholics in Japanese society, uh, considering how few they are. Um, but uh, but you know. Um, it's, you know, that's a constant struggle is how to get, how, you know, this, is a, this, this idea that this is a foreign religion. Well, so is Buddhism. You know, baseball's a foreign sport, and they play baseball a lot. You know, um, you know so uh, it's a frustration. Uh, and with the evangelical groups that I grew up with, I mean, you have these tiny little churches of 30 people. You know, um, it just, it, it's, it's really difficult. Um, yeah, Emmett. Have you ever read uh, James Clavell's best-selling travesty, Shogun? <laughs> have I ever read uh, James Clavell's Shogun? I have glanced through it. I did see the miniseries when it came out. And uh, the, 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 uh, the guy who becomes Shogun, Toronaga, I think they called him, is based on Tokugawa Iyasu. So that gets, gives you a, a it, it does give you a flavor of what was going on. It, it vilifies the uh, Catholic. Yeah, well, but that's Clavel. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, Jeff, you had a question? Yeah, uh, the question was about Endo Shizaku, uh, the novelist. Um, first of all, I want to I encourage people to read him. Uh, Endo really understands evil. He understands how it's the little tiny steps that get you there. Uh, one of his early novels is called The Sea and Poison, uh, a World War II novel. 
And uh, I don't know if any of you have heard of Unit 731. It was a, Jap a unit, medical unit in the Japanese Imperial Army that basically was a unit of Mengele's. These were medical doctors who did experiments, gruesome experiments on prisoners of war. And so Endo is thinking, how do you get there? How do you get from being somebody going to medical school in order to heal people? How do you get there from there? And it's little tiny steps. So anyway, Endo is definitely worth reading. Endo, you know, it's a question, um, I think a lot of people misunderstand uh, uh, Silence, the, his most famous novel, and certainly Scorsese did. Um, the main character in the novel, Rodriguez, Father Rodriguez, is not a hero. <laughs> He's somebody who falls. But like every one of us, we are perfectly able of convincing ourselves that what we're about to do is God's will. And, and if you read the novel and not the and not the watch the movie, the movies from I've never seen the whole thing through, but it looks gorgeous, it looks right, but he gets it wrong because he cuts the most important character in the movie in the book. There were two priests. There's Rodriguez. And there's Grappe. And he cuts Grappe because, you know, it's a movie, you gotta cut things down, right? You know, you can't put the whole book in. And so he cuts the most important character. Why is he the most important character? Not because of the number of pages he's got, but because of what he does. Endor writes very much in a chiastic form, you know, in a, a cross form, just like St. John's Gospel, or St. Matthew, uh, Mark's Gospel. I'll get one of them, it's one of the four. No, St. Mark's Gospel. <laughs> follows in a chiastic or X form, and what's the center point in Mark's gospel? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the center point of Mark's gospel. Okay. Endo does the same thing. There's a paragraph, one paragraph, midway through the novel, you blink, you miss it. The two priests are captured. Japanese Christians are wrapped up in tatami mats. They're being taken out in boats to be dumped into the ocean. And, and the persecutor says, if one of you priests will abandon your faith, we'll save them. And Father Grappi jumps into the water to swim out to rescue them. But he can't swim. And he drowns. Better a millstone be tied around your neck and drowned in the sea then cause one of these little ones to stumble. That's the center point of the novel. Rodriguez goes on in the novel and his and he's you know struck with pride. And it's in little ways. Kichijiro, he finds out that Kichijiro sells him to the authorities for three hundred pieces of silver. And so he's thinking, oh, I'm worth ten times more than my lord to the Japanese authorities. And then he's brought in to the town, you know, in kind of this, this triumphal procession, and he calls it his triumphal entry as he's going to his martyrdom, his glorious martyrdom like his Lord. And when he's faced with the Fumier, he fails. He's not the hero, and everybody misses that. Endo had an uneasy relationship with the Christian faith. He could never get away from it. He would talk about, and this comes up in his novels over and over again, this idea of this dying God, this weak God. But he could never get him out of his mind. 
you know, and, and so he sees there's a real cultural conflict between Japan, Japanese culture, and, this, and the Christian faith, but for him, he could never get away from it. Uh, and, and a thoroughly Catholic uh, uh, um, experience and view, point of view, in, in, you know, it just permeates his writing. So I, I certainly encourage reading him. Yes, Michael. What uh, part of Japan did you grow up in? Do you okay. still have friends back there that you correspond with? Yeah, I've got a lot of friends still in Japan. I, I, I was when I was really small. I lived in Tochigi, which is uh, uh, Tochigi, which is just uh, north of Tokyo, about in a city called Utsunomiya, about uh, an hour or so north of Tokyo, on the way toward pretty close to where the plant blew up. Um, and my parents are buried there. Um, and then uh, 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 when I was in kindergarten, we moved to Okinawa in the far south. And I was there through ninth grade, and I graduated high school in Tokyo. So I was kind of all around. So, uh, yeah, Andy. Yeah, I wonder if you can compare uh, the persecution in Japan to that of England in at least a couple of ways, any other mm -hmm. ways that you care to. Well, one thing is, you know, the, the, the tortures used in the English persecution were the standard torture for, for treason. Was it the same, or did they have a specific, you know, more vicious kind of torture in Japan directed well, The question is about the Japanese tortures and were they different from the standard tortures that would, would have been imposed on, on treason as, as in England. Well, with England, keep in mind, the population was thoroughly Catholic. And they were trying to stamp out this, you know, this thing that if they had taken the lid off, as James I, you know, thought about, you know, uh, uh, um, toleration, uh, then suddenly, whoa, wait a minute, I didn't know there were that many Catholics, you know, they're, they're, and, and, and the, uh, the people around him who, you know, were basically the nouveau riche whose wealth was based entirely on looted church lands, um, were nervous, right, and so they stamped down the faith. Uh, and, and so treason was a big deal, you know, they treated like a crime. Um, in Japan, uh, you know, these, these were foreigners uh, and, uh, and foreign sympathizers. They, they, uh, certainly the crucifixion was not a Japanese punishment. Some of these others were. Um, the pit, I'm not aware of the pit being used judicially. Um, they didn't, they beheaded uh, uh, samurai um, and, and other, uh, um, you know, high-ranking people who became Christians. They didn't allow them the honor of seppuku, the harakiri, the, the self-execution uh, um, uh, that, that, is, that is customary, was customary in, in Japan at that time. So um, I think it was really targeted at being Christians, and, 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 and the crucifixions were mockeries of what, you know, this is what their their God did, you know. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on the uh, history of the underground church and the similarities between the Eucharistic liturgy in the Mass and the Japanese tea ceremony? Hmm. I have never thought about that. So I, I, uh, the tea ceremony, of course, is quite ancient, uh, and I think everybody has got some kind of food-related uh, ceremonies. So uh, I would, I would, I would be inclined, unless I knew something more, uh, to think that any uh, similarities are accidental. But it wouldn't surprise me that the Kakuta Christians would have had something. Was uh, that that uh, was that would pass as a tea ceremony that would uh, uh, um, 
uh, that might call to mind the Eucharist. In the same way that uh, uh, another very thoroughly Japanese, well, or Ryukyu down in Okinawa, where I was from, you know, karate, the martial art, um, is trained by kata, which is these forms, these sets, forms of motions that, because the Satsuma clan from Kyushu that had conquered Okinawa uh, basically forbade the Okinawans from being armed, because you don't really want an armed, subjugated population, um, and uh, if you want to maintain your lordship. Um, and, and so the, these, these uh, karate, uh, the, uh, karate masters would train by using these forms that look an awful lot, when you divorce from what they're actually doing and uh, look an awful lot like some of the folk dances. Um, and so if you ever got into trouble with the authorities, you know, I'm just training for the, you know, the next Matsuri. You know, I'm just training for the next, you know, you know, and, and, uh, and so um, it wouldn't surprise me that they would have done something like that, but I'm not aware of a direct connection. All right, I think, uh, thank you very much, you both.